Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, it's Jeremy, and before we get into today's show, I wanted to let you know that this is the last episode of Politico Dispatch that I'll be hosting. It's been such a privilege to work on this show alongside an amazing team, including Irene Noguchi, Raghu Manavalan, Jenny Amend, Annie Reese, Carlos Prieto, Nirmal Malaykal, Olivia Reingold, Louisa Savage, Sadiq Reddy, and all the reporters and the editors who've lended me their voices and expertise. I'm really going to miss it. Luckily, Dispatch isn't going anywhere. New episodes will continue. I know I'll be listening, so check your feeds. Anyways, here's today's show. Enjoy. Serious hypothesis I wanted to run by you. Um, I launched this show in March of 2020, and a couple weeks later, we are officially in a pandemic. Um, So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... If a few days after I'm gone from dispatch, the pandemic <laughs> is over, <laughs> I, I'm taking full credit, okay? <laughs> I knew it. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... First of all, I can't believe you, Jeremy Siegel, caused the pandemic. But it would be it would be quite notable if our numbers went down enough after you left for us to, to say mission accomplished. Sarah Overmall, on what it'll really take to get us to say mission accomplished and what the end of the pandemic might actually look like. In your view, what needs to happen for the pandemic to like truly end? Well, there's a few benchmarks that everyone's looking towards. And so it would be new cases, new cases per day, per week, um, and deaths. And that's not just in the U.S., but also around the world. Of course, if it falls in the U.S., that's great for us, but we aren't living in a vacuum. We are living with borders that are easily traveled. And if people in other nations are not getting vaccines, which many are not at the moment, especially low-income countries, many countries in Africa, that's where new variants like the Delta variant that has been causing us so much grief lately will arise when there are new areas of spread. So we've got both the U.S. front and the global front. Um, You said, you know, what I would say would be uh, a measure of success. I'm not an expert, so I'm going to say what Fauci said would be um, uh, a measure of success. And he is saying that he'd feel more comfortable with returning to some sense of normality at around 10,000 new cases a day, but would really feel much better with as low as 3,300 new cases a day. And just to put that into perspective, we're right now sort of plateauing between 70,000 and 80,000 new cases a day with the um, thought that it is going to be going up as people travel for the holidays. And we still have a patchwork of vaccination rates. All right, let's talk predictions, given the way things look right now, given that we're not really close to that number that that Fauci pointed to. Um, Maybe let's start optimistic. Like if things, I don't know, sort of turn out as as good as they can, like if you're if you're being hopeful here, what's your optimistic prediction of, of when we might actually get to that point? My optimistic prediction is that this will be our last really difficult winter of shutdowns, of concerns about outbreaks, and that when 2022 rolls around, or I should say when it starts to warm up in 2022, um, we're going to be living in a more normal world. And I think that because we are getting more vaccinations out to the rest of the world and to people in the U.S. and children especially, 
but also boosters, which are meant to protect people even further from outbreak and or from breakthrough infections. And we have a game changer on the horizon in antiviral pills. And so these new medicines from Merck and Pfizer are meant to be a very easy way for someone early in their illness to curb severe disease or death. And they're super effective according to clinical trials. And that could really change this from something that has devastated the world and caused millions of cases and deaths into something more like the flu. Okay, I can work with that optimistic take. Um, What's the pessimistic view? Uh, If things don't go exactly right, what is your pessimistic view for when we might reach that point of the pandemic being over? And like, what's what fuels pessimism on it? Well, you know, pessimism is the is the world I live comfortably in. So um, (laughs) I would say that we could get through well, I'll say a few things that this current case surge that we are in where we are essentially and this is really hard to wrap your mind around when you consider how far we've come in a lot of ways. We're essentially at cases now, commensurate with where we were this time last year. Um, And it's really hard to think about that because we have vaccines, we have treatments, we have better understanding, we've been in shutdown for for months, um, but we still are struggling with this. And so in my pessimistic world, I could see that surge continuing through the winter, um, even as States and cities are rolling back their public health measures like mask mandates and things like that. Um, so I could see it getting very bad this winter. And then in the spring, us saying, you know, partly due to our fatigue with the pandemic, partly due to having these other tools like antiviral pills, you know, mission accomplished, only for it to come back surging because of variants that are even worse than Delta um, that could arise, you know, in hotspots where there have been low vaccination rates or in other countries where, again, we are still struggling to get doses out. And so it's not that I think even in the optimistic world, COVID goes away. Even the optimistic world, it does not go away. It's just that it becomes far less worrisome for the average person. I don't know if this is a question that you can at all answer, um, but the pandemic started around March of 2020 and then sort of a a year went by, things got better, and then the Delta variant came up. Um, If things sort of like follow a similar pattern, it makes me wonder about like sort of a pattern with like variants coming up. Is there any way of predicting like the likelihood of there being another variant that does come up like let's say things do get bad over the winter like you said they might but then things start to look better in the spring and heading into the summer sort of like they did earlier this year is there any way of predicting whether we might just see another thing like delta or worse than delta coming up again um it's pretty hard to predict although we know that epidemiologists are trying to do just that and trying to sort of grapple with what could be the worst that could happen, something like Delta Plus, um, something that combines the aspects of Delta with other variants that we've seen. What makes Delta, for instance, so hard to deal with is that it's highly transmissible. And we've also found out that the vaccines we have are not as effective against that variant, which has been in part fueling breakthrough cases. And so we could absolutely have more variants like that. I think, first of all, we have to understand that, yes, there will be more variants as long as the virus is spreading. Um, that's how viruses adapt and learn, and they learn quite quickly. And so that's why um, it's still very uh, high priority for Biden officials and world officials to be getting as many just 
first doses out there, let alone second and booster shots. Uh, so I think that we can probably safely assume that, they, yes, there will be more variants, um, but just what will be in store with those variants. So again, um, going back to the flu, the flu changes every year too. And we have scores of health officials trying to predict what the flu is going to look like every year. That's probably going to be what it looks like with COVID. And, and yes, that does mean that we probably are in store for more vaccines in our future. Interesting. So that sort of like end of pandemic future that we were talking about earlier, where we're down to just a few thousand new cases, um, like like Fauci said, we need to be at to be comfortable. Does that future look like one where we are still getting shots, we're probably getting new shots, and we're still like following, I don't know, government protocols on COVID closely, but it's just less of a concern when we're doing like everyday activities. That very well could be what our future looks like. Yes. And I think um, in terms of new shots, that is the question that we're in the midst of right now. So it's too early to say whether you know, a third shot is the magic number. Certainly health officials would like to believe that. And there is some precedent for that. Uh, Hepatitis vaccines, HPV vaccines, our three-dose regimens. It'd be wonderful if we could say, okay, three doses, you're golden. Um, But we could be finding out in the next six months, in the next 12 months, that we actually do need to make this more of a staple in our lives and that we're going to end up having these be maybe even a seasonal occurrence that we we have to go get our COVID vaccine like our flu vaccine. It's too early to say whether that's the case, but it's also hard to imagine that the coronavirus could be eradicated the way that we think of other diseases that have been. Hmm. Um, Last thing before I let you go, I'm always asking you sort of about the bad news and you have to give the bad news on this show so much. But (laughs) I mean, is there like one thing that makes you hopeful with the pandemic sort of looking forward um, at any of these timelines, the optimistic or the pessimistic one, like one thing, I don't know, in the public health world or just generally that's like making you feel better about things looking forward. Yeah, I would say I would say two things um, that we are living in a world now with with broad access to vaccines, at least in the U.S., and that we're working towards it in the rest of the world. That's a game changer. And then the antiviral pills that I mentioned earlier that could really reduce this to an illness that is by no means fun or nice to have, especially if you are not vaccinated and you get it, you should still get vaccinated. Um, and then if you get sick, and by the way, I, I got sick, I got breakthrough COVID and it was not a fun time, but it also was much, much better than it would have been if I had not been vaccinated. So when we think about, you know, adding on top of the vaccines, these antiviral pills, I am really optimistic. I think at some point in the next few months, even this could be reduced to something that's a nuisance where you miss work for a few days. You know, a lot of things are going to have to fall into place for that to happen. But I do think it's possible. Sarah Overmall, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks, Jeremy. And and I'm so sad that you're leaving. But thanks so much for talking with me over nearly two years of this crazy roller coaster we've been on. Well, let's hope that uh, my my exit ends the roller coaster ride. Fingers crossed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) All right. Well, that is it for me on Politico Dispatch. But make sure to subscribe because new episodes will be coming tomorrow. Our production team includes senior editor Raghu Manavalan, senior producer Jenny Ament, and executive producer Irene Noguchi. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks so much for listening.